We're starting things off with a word from our sponsor. Since 1998, DVD Netflix has delivered more than 5 billion DVD and Blu-ray rentals to movie lovers in every American zip code and to military bases around the world in their famous, iconic red envelopes. With an extensive library of titles from the early 1900s to today and shows from such premium networks as HBO and Showtime, DVD Netflix is a must for physical media lovers. Featuring a variety of different plans starting at as little as $8.99 per month, it's a great way to experience DVDs and Blu-rays with special features and commentary tracks you won't find anywhere else. A member for over 20 years, so well before I ever began working with the service as an official blogger on acting or as a DVD, Netflix, Twitter, film discussion host, I think it's a terrific way to keep our vintage video store memories alive and support the physical media that we love so much. So be sure to check out DVD Netflix for yourself at dvd.com. Now on with the show. Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen. Today, we're welcoming back a woman I had so much fun dissecting Roger Moore's James Bond era with the last time she appeared on the podcast towards the end of season two. Julia Ricci is a senior programmer at Heartland Film in Indianapolis, Indiana, which organizes the Heartland International Film Festival and the Academy Award Qualifying Indie Shorts International Film Festival as well. She has been part of the programming team since 2018, selecting films for the festival's shorts, features, and retrospective slates, and has programmed 17 short films that went on to become Oscar nominees and winners in the live-action, documentary, and animated short categories. Prior to Heartland Film, Julia was a researcher for Turner Classic Movies and the Criterion Collection's former streaming platform, Filmstruck, rest in peace, and she's appeared on TCM as a guest fan programmer. She has a degree in history from Ball State University and is a regional Emmy nominee for the documentary short Legacies of Perfection, Auburn Court. Duesenberg from 2013. Juliet is so great to see you again, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing, and how's the summer of 2022 been for you? Yeah, thanks, Jen. Uh, really great to be back. Um, yeah, summer's been kind of a crazy time. We wrapped up our indie shorts, uh, our fifth indie shorts film festival so cool. um, in July. It went incredibly well it was the first year we were back in full force um with you know in-person screenings um and and virtual as well Uh, we did we honored coleman domingo with um pioneering spirit award and he came uh and his two two of his short films that we played ended up winning audience choice and um so that was really cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then we just, um, this past week at time of recording, we just uh, got our lineup and schedule already for, um, our 31st edition of Heartland Film Festival in October. So that'll be 
October 6th through 16th, we'll be doing virtual and in-person screenings as well. I love that you're doing both for audiences that either want to come or are a little bit hesitant so that way they can experience the film festival and uh, tell everybody the website so they can check all of this out. Yeah, we'll be announcing our lineup in mid-September and the, the you can go to heartlandfilm.org and then you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Heartland Film uh, for all the latest updates. Sounds good. I always enjoy discovering what you've been up to on social media with your work with Heartland and the rep screenings because I love those. Lately, you've been hosting a lot of classic movies in Indiana and introducing mm-hmm. a whole world of film to younger audiences, which is so exciting. So what have you been up to lately? Which films have you hosted? And have there been any memorable experiences recently that you would like to share? Yeah. Um, so I have been uh, hosting um, when they, uh, so there's a local art house cinema in Indianapolis called uh, Can Can Cinema and Brasserie. And it's a, a art house cinema and restaurant. And it's uh, the only one in Indy that's completely independently owned. Um, and so they show, you know, new releases and they do, they've been uh, dabbling in retrospectives as well. And so they, this summer they had a Hitchcock series, um, of four films, uh, rear window, notorious Rebecca and North by Northwest, which, um, I'm doing an intro for North by Northwest tonight. Um, so yeah, so I did some intros for those films this summer, um and it's been great like it, it i every, every intro i do with any classic film i do i always ask who is seeing this for the first time and it's i love it because for this series in particular it's more than half of the hands are go up when seeing That's people incredible. seeing this movie for the first time and it's you on know it, it's green it, yeah on the big screen too so it's like you know enhances that experience even more but it's also like you know even if you think you've seen a movie a million times, it's always going to be somebody's first time seeing it too. And it was a range of ages as well. As well, it wasn't all it wasn't all the young people that were raising their hands. It wasn't all, you know, all that too. So it's been cool because, like the uh, with Hitchcock, I feel like he has such the, those films have such wide appeal. It's you know audiences of all ages that come, and um, so that's been fun. And they had me do a few um, earlier this year. I introduced some like at Hot um, as well, and again. It, it, it's a lot of people had not seen that movie before either um seeing it in the theater so um that's that's honestly my favorite part is like see, seeing the audiences um who had never seen them experience it for the first time or you know people re-watching them so that um, is so, yeah. so cool recently i went to la and courtney howard who writes for variety and freelances a bunch of places and i went to go see one of my favorite movies of all time which is three colors red I had never seen it on the big screen. It came out in 94. So like the first time I saw it was on video way back when. And I saw, even though I'd seen this movie dozens of times, I saw stuff in the film this time that I had like never seen before. I was Mm -hmm. noticing new things. It's like, oh, that painting in the background, it mimics something we're going to see later. Uh, Just little details like that. It was the 4K restoration so have you noticed like you would have seen all these movies you're a tcmer just like me we love that channel but has there been any um big discoveries that you've made over uh doing this or any things that have stuck out for you yeah i think yeah seeing like movies on the big screen for the first time you know whether even if i've seen it like you said many times before it is once you when you see it in a theater it is kind of like seeing it for the first time because i had never seen 
notorious on the big screen. It's oh. one of my favorite Hitchcocks. Yes. Like, and so seeing that in a the theater, that was, it, it, it really is. It's one of those movies that I think, I think, I think it was Robert Osborne who described it as a movie that like once it, you, it starts and then from the beginning, it doesn't let you go. And it's mm-hmm. so true. And in the theater when, especially when you have no, no distractions and you're kind of you know, sitting and watching it, it really does like it moves lightning quick. Cause it does grip wow. you from beginning to end. And yeah, it was just so, and yes, it's so intense and you know, the suspense and everything, just everything about that movie just was fantastic. And then also just the, the beautiful, you know, Carrie Grant and Ingrid Bergman and Claude Rains yeah. just knocking out of the park and even like facial expressions, like, like Claude Rains, like his, his facial expressions, like he pick up on stuff like that a lot more when it's huge <laughs> in front yeah. of you. And so, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. I would love to see. I've never seen a Hitchcock on the big screen. It's one of my oh. like goals in life. So I need to be in Indiana, basically, and come <laughs> hang with Julia. Yes. Well, you know, perhaps it's your background as a festival pr- programmer, or it might just be because you do have such great taste. But I'm always delighted by your theme ideas for discussions on the podcast. We had such a ball tackling the very fun yet very macho terrain of Roger Moore as James Bond last time you were here. And this time you selected something very specifically you and Indiana. And I think it's perfect. Indiana sports movies. We'll get into the films you chose. Wonderful movies of Breaking Away, Hoosiers, and Rudy in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd love to know your own relationship with the topic. Did you play any sports growing up? Do you still follow any today? And what is it about Indiana that lends itself to such rich storytelling yeah wow that's those are a lot of good topics <laughs> yeah i know that's, it's like jen just choose one yeah yeah no they're all great i think we can <laughs> definitely address them all um so i guess to start so yes i did play sports growing up um i was yeah i played um i kind of played everything at one point like i think a lot of kids do but the ones that i stuck with were um softball volleyball and basketball those were like the three that like I consistently played for several years up like through middle school um but yeah I kind of um yeah so I was very very athletic and like you know still am I guess but um yeah I grew up with that background um didn't really fall well I followed sports more growing up like we were a Boston family like Boston sports household um, so we weren't really into college sports as much, which, uh, cause you know, I, in the, like on the East coast there aren't, you know, like college football is not like a huge thing. You grew up in Boston. Um, my, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, but my family, like my family's from there. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. so yeah, but I was never part of like the college, like the college sports culture wasn't yeah. a thing for me until I like went to college in Indiana. Um, and so that's kind of that general background. And then I guess my introduction to like what Indiana was, was these movies that we're going to talk about too. Um, like specifically, I don't know if we're going to go into this yet, but like with Rudy, I went, I went to Catholic school, uh, grew up Catholic. Same. And, yeah. and so um, why my first grade teacher was um, a religious sister. Uh, sister Connie was her name. And she, 
what like she was a huge Notre Dame fan huge oh wow yeah and so that's how I was kind of introduced to that culture like she had like you know Notre Dame posters on the wall like every time they won a game we would march around the room singing the fight song so I knew the Notre Dame fight song when I was you know six or seven um and then yeah and then I think that's when I first saw that movie like a few years after or maybe I don't even maybe it was that early I can't remember but um yeah I saw that like I was pretty young when I first saw Rudy I remember Mm -hmm. because I think that was like the first movie I saw where there was like cursing in it you know it was a big deal to me so (laughs) um so yeah that's kind of like that um introduction I can't remember what what else what else did you ask uh do you still follow any sports today yeah I do not as much as I used to but like I still you know follow sports um and watch them but I don't yeah, not like, like I guess like no, not religiously, but yeah, no. like I will, I will like watch games and stuff. But yeah, and I like, yeah. And then, as far as Indiana goes, or just sports movies in general, why do you think they're so timeless? Yeah, I think well, all three of the movies that we're going to talk about, they're all underdog stories, and I feel I like most most sports universal. Movies, <laughs> it is it is super universal. Everybody likes yeah. the underdog. Everybody wants to root for the underdog, and those are like the most I think really compelling stories that people t- tend to latch on because I think everybody in their own personal life has felt like an underdog, and so for sure, um, the you know those st- then those movies, you know, they ins- all three of them, they inspire people, and I think yeah they're uplifting and so i think that's what uh, they all have that kind of similar spirit as well like i think especially in the midwest like there's kind of you know that strong you know there's a strength in it and there's pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. yes i'm from minnesota and i also lived in illinois a little bit so this is kind of yeah our home terrain is you know you work hard and you can achieve it but you do have to work for it and i think that's athletics. And that's also uh, these movies for sure. I was talking to a friend recently, I played a little bit of tennis and a little bit of basketball when I was little, but I had a bad back. So I just wasn't really that athletic as I got older. Still, like, I love to shoot hoops occasionally, you know, that kind of thing, but I'm not running around the court or that stuff. But I was talking to a friend last week about tennis and he actually played when he was younger and he was saying, you know, he still likes tennis, but he doesn't really follow it because the last several years, it's just been dominated by the same people winning Mm. again and again and again. It's always been like Nadal, Federer, uh, Murray, Djokovic, like those are the guys or have been the guys. And you know, they're incredible to watch, but you do want the younger generation or a new person to come and kind of challenge these or give you a narrative to root for. And I think that might be part of the appeal of all of the films we're going to talk about is, yeah, it's the people you wouldn't expect and the human drama, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you love to go to the TCM Film Festival and there's this adorable picture of you going and you were dressed as uh, one of the women in the movie a league of their own which is an Uh amazing picture i'm gonna have to share that photo when i post this uh, episode (laughs) because it's so cool did you make that yourself or did you hire someone the the outfit is uncanny Oh yeah, thank you. No, I actually ordered it online. They have. Did you? Oh wow. Yeah, they 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 make those costumes. Search like a league of their own costumes, and so oh, they that's incredible. Got it online. It was pre-made. Like you can order it. Um, 
it, it costs extra to get a number put on the back. So okay. I didn't have a number put on oh, the back, but, um, which now I feel like, oh man, I should have done that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, so that's, so that's, yeah, that's where I got it online. The only thing that it didn't come with was the, uh, didn't come with it with socks and I, you know, bought red, you can buy red socks anywhere. So for sure uh, did that. So, yeah. So you, did they play that movie that year or did you just oh, go dress? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, they played the movie. So they okay. did the 30th anniversary of the movie. It was, yeah, it was oh, earlier man. this year. It was this year's festival. Um, and they played the movie and the cast was there. Oh, um, and incredible! Do the Q and A, and then at the at the closing night party at the end of the festival, like they showed up at the party, and so they saw my costume and waved me over, and I got <gasps> to meet them, and yeah, oh, wow. so um, and one of the real players, uh, Maybelle Blair, was was there as well. She's in her nineties now, and she oh, was there beautiful. too, so I got to meet her, and yeah, it was it was really cool. So uh, yeah, we're there were a few other people that wore peaches costumes too, which was, which was really cool. Rockford peaches. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing that movie when it was brand new in the theater. I think I went twice. And I also remember going to Rudy because I am much older than Julia, my lovely guest this week, but I remember <laughs> seeing these uh, back then and just seeing it with the audience and how excited we were, but a league of their own played like gangbusters back then. And it's only, grown in esteem over the years i mean people quote it all the time there's no crying in baseball yes mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's screening in particular too at the tcm festivals at the chinese theater the the, the yeah the, the grommans yeah. yeah the grommans yeah and so it was yeah a packed house and everybody it, the it was perfect because the audience was so into it and we like clapping and cheering at pretty much everything that was happening so uh, it was it was it was really fun it sounds like it. Well, our first film from 1979 today is director Peter Yates's Breaking Away, which I revisited shortly after I had minor surgery a few months ago at the end of May. And I described it on Twitter as such a sweetly moving balm that works as an underdog tale, a timeless coming of age saga, a study of boys trying to figure out what being a man means. And it employs issues of class, identity and familial obligation. Written by T- Steve Tessick, I hope I'm saying that correctly, who won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. The movie follows a quartet of four male teens in Bloomington, Indiana, who try to figure out what comes next after they graduate from high school and spend a year sort of figuring it out, hanging around, focusing primarily on Dennis Christopher's Dave, who's obsessed with competitive bicycle racing, and the Italian team in particular, much to the chagrin of his used car salesman father, played by Paul Dooley, Breaking Away co-stars Dennis Quaid, Daniel Stern, Jackie Earl Haley, Barbara Berry, Robin Douglas, John Ashton, and more. So let's get into it. Tell me your thoughts on Breaking Away. I, I, where do I start? I know. <laughs> it's such a great movie. Yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, I didn't, I can't remember when I first saw it. It, it wasn't until I was probably like either in college or out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty, this is probably the one that I've seen most recently. Um, gotcha. into my timeline but um it's uh, for, for before I saw it I thought it was a documentary 
I didn't know <laughs> it was like an actual movie, um, a narrative film, fiction film. And so when I saw it, I, I you know, was kind of, you know, shocked by that. Like, oh, wait, that's Dennis Quaid. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, it is I, like, I, I think your tweet described it perfectly. I, it's, it is, it's very sweet. It's very like, it, it just feels very genuine. And with, and every single part of it, especially with the the four the four boys' friendships, um, and it, yeah, it just feels really in that respect. It feels really natural, and then also like with with uh, the parents as well too. It just it just they, everybody it feels authentic and true. It really does. I love their friendship and how well it establishes like who these boys are. Almost mm-hmm. immediately you see, um, speaking of Dennis Quaid, like what an introduction as the movie starts, he's like singing a song and they're coming out into the quarry and you can tell like he's the leader of the pack, but he's also the one that maybe won't grow up or uh, that you might be a little more worried about or that that old thing, like when you're watching American Graffiti and it starts one way and you're like, well, this guy's in charge, but by the end of it, you learn something about the underdog or a different character. And I love how, you know, through their friendship or what they reveal to one another or what they hide, um, all these things tell you so much about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. old friendships from high school and um, how it changes after you graduate, you think you're going to be that tight forever and, and things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in a small town at all? No, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so it was kind of, you know, more of an, I guess, urban, yeah, metro, like, metropolitan area, Um, so, yeah, not, not that, not that small town. No, but yeah, yeah. exactly, same thing, Um, I mean, like, suburbia, but I love how this sort of everyone can kind of relate to feeling stuck wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that thing where, you know, you grow up and your heart dies, the old John Hughes line from breakfast club. And it's like, do I want to be my parents? Do I not want to be my parents? And I think this mm-hmm. captures that so well. I hadn't realized that it won best original screenplay, but the script is yeah. so good. I guess mm-hmm. it was inspired a little bit on um i mean a lot of these movies were inspired by you got to put that loosely in quotes these aren't fact (laughs) factual (laughs) uh documentary like films about these events but uh about an actual racer or team of guys in the early 60s especially one guy and they kind of took his first name and somebody else's last name and put it together which i love you told me off air before we were starting that mm-hmm. you actually got to host a screening of this. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So at our, the 2019 Heartland Film Festival, we did a four, I guess, yeah, 40th anniversary screening of Breaking Away. Wow. Um, yeah. And we had um, Dennis Christopher uh, came and did a, a Q and A uh, after the film, and so that was I hosted that screening. I was my second year working there, and I was nervous wreck but I bet. <laughs> that that, yeah. as, that aside it was great like it was wonderful like the you it, that screening especially the Q&A too like that movie is like so special to to him I could you know tell and also special so special to like the audience that came and people you know people came up from Bloomington people um you know it, it, I think it definitely means a lot to people here too because there are people who like were in school at IU 
who were there during the filming and um stuff like that too and you know people were kind of sharing their own stories like one of the like somebody in the Q&A said that like he lives in the house that they used for Christopher's family's house like he lives there now and so um there was that and then the 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 guy that the film is based on Dave Blaze also showed up in the audience as a surprise and um, Dennis Christopher hadn't seen him and I I don't know if it was since the filming I don't know it'd been decades since they they had seen each other and so that was like a cool reunion too but um, yeah it was an awesome evening of just like sharing stories and reminiscing and um yeah and like the the big climax of the film like everybody applauded and yeah uh so yeah it was it was it was really special so i'm really glad that we were able to do that yeah and it's awesome that so much um so much of the behind the scenes talent of some of these films came right from Indiana. And a lot of these people now live right back in Bloomington. When I was looking up a lot of the cast and crew, it was like, yeah, they live in Bloomington now. And, uh, or they relocated and they came back to Bloomington. I mean, not Peter Yates. He's a British filmmaker, of course, but mm-hmm. all the writers, uh, well, we have two writers writing the three films. They're uh, now based in Indiana and they were Indiana writers. Uh, David Anspaugh is the director of the next two films, Indiana. So it was just really cool. And I can't imagine how nice that would be to play for a home crowd. Kind of like when you when you're in a band and you get back to your home city, you know, you play a little longer. Like they say, the Wilco shows get a little longer mm-hmm. or Springsteen in New Jersey is going to play for a longer period, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet it was really fun to see. I also love um, that idea in the movie of him being obsessed with the Italian team because you're kind of like trying on different identities when you're mm-hmm. younger and, uh, you know, like playing the music and all of the the different things and how it, his parents have two very different reactions to it, which I thought was, was very true as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go yeah. through any cultural uh phases i was like a french movie person in my teen years yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know. yeah culturally i guess i don't know i mean I, i'm italian i'm also half yep. italian so <laughs> it's, it's like yeah i think you do kind of go through those phases as a kid i don't really remember I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think i was as hardcore no as, no no uh, <laughs> as dave in the movie but um yes. with that but yeah i'm trying to think I mean, I think I went through more of like, I went through like a horse phase and like, you know, like, yeah. think, like that gotcha. kind of thing and, um, as a kid. So fluctuating um, interests and different yeah, fluctuating interests. Yeah. Cause you do, you kind of go through, okay. Like I want to do like, I'm interested in, yeah. Like animals. Like I was very interested in animals as a kid. Like oh, all this like, cool. I'll just, you know, we had a vet phase. A lot of girls seem to have that phase. Yeah, Yeah. like the vet phase. I wanted to be a zookeeper. That was like the first thing I wanted to do as a job. Yeah. Um, well you work at a film festival it's kind of the same thing you're corralling a bunch of different things you know you're using those skills yeah 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 Yeah. and then I think and obviously it was just kind of like a movie like just I was like the movie you know the movie phase and you know watching I was you know watching things that kids my age probably nobody was watching like I was watching I Love Lucy reruns like oh yeah totally 
Yeah. That's one thing that's been so great about the internet is meeting people like Julia who are the same as you kind of growing up when you were the oddball sort of like watching the old stuff. And then you're like, no, there were a lot of us around. We just, you know, we didn't have that um, thing to connect us at the time, but Hey, there were a few of us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good movie breaking away. It's probably the well, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that Hoosiers is still well known, but maybe for younger generations, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Breaking Away, it's on HBO Max as we're recording this. It's been on there for a while. I'm sure you can rent it. People in other countries, hopefully it's available there as well. I think it will surprise you, delight you. It's good to see all these actors when they're young and um, just you can kind of see the star quality emerge from several of these figures. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else you want to add on this one, Julia? Yeah. I mean, I loved the, um, there are just some really good scenes with kind of each character and kind of getting to know like their inner world or kind of what's going on in their lives, but it's all like very subtly revealed and Mm -hmm. like the, I think, you know, all three of the films we're talking about today also have that kind of like father son, you know, dynamic, you know, relationship. And they all kind of address address it in different ways or kind of like shows the different nuances of it. But um, yeah, just kind of like Dave's relationship with his parents. And I love the scene where uh, Barbara Berry is talking like the past, the passport. Oh, God, that's so beautiful and and heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, it's so yeah, it's so heartbreaking, so beautiful. And I in in the conversation, the Q and A conversation um, at the screening that we hosted, um, Dennis talked about how um, Barbara Berry fought to get that scene in the movie because yeah. they, she wanted to have you know more like we wanted to see like her inner world, and then yeah, you know, I think as it was a the woman, right, as a woman a too, and yeah, yeah, and her being the like the you know supportive of you know his dreams and kind of like her understand you know her being more understanding and it kind of shows why she's more understanding I love of, it yeah of it too but yeah and then she got you know an Oscar nomination for it so I think that was <laughs> the right a thing very to do, good so. decision yeah. yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of my mom telling me like the time of her life basically in college is when she went to Europe and mm-hmm. got to go uh, places she had friends who had like some relatives in France so they went there and then they went to England and she still talks about that trip and so when I watch, um, you know, and then she got married and had children and worked and was kind of, um, you know, we, we traveled a lot, but we traveled in the United States a little bit, you know, Niagara Falls, Mexico a little bit, but mainly the U.S. And so every time I see that movie, I kind of think of my mom and just how, how true and uh, real that is that she tells him, you know, do this stuff now and follow your mm-hmm. dreams and how good is it and how vital to have a parent telling you you can do what you would like to do or you should try it because mm-hmm. you know um he needed that he had both in the same house you have a dad who's worried and practical and you know mm-hmm. you got to get a job learn a trade but I-, I loved the barbara berry character she's always such a warm presence on screen mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I- there's and even with just yeah the other kids too kind of learning about like you know how like the one part I guess we can talk about spoilers right oh like, sure they, yeah they, so they win the race like obviously they win obviously the race. they win um, yeah but the have, scene have you seen movies before people yeah. yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like they they kind of set it up that like like Cyril who's uh played by Daniel Stern the um his you know his his dad kind of talks about like his dad I think he says what's that line that he says about like his dad basically paraphrasing but like likes it more like like when he's a failure like it's and that kind of thing and so at the end the this time re-watching the film I noticed when when they win the race they're all celebrating like yeah you know they he doesn't have anybody to celebrate with because everybody else's like families or loved ones are there um, that's a good note yeah and so that that just also kind of broke my heart a little bit but it's so subtle you don't really realize it but there's like one shot where like the camera's on him and you see everybody else is kind of celebrating around him and he's just kind of like there um yeah. and so th- noticing that this time it was again like super you know yeah broke my heart affecting. yes yes so, like somebody yeah. hug daniel stern <laughs> yes and uh the jackie earl haley character i think yes is, is wonderful he's always great to see but mm. i love it he's sort of the one that's embracing uh becoming a, a man and you know at first mm. it's well i'm not seeing her anymore and then later i love the scene where they're going to i think talk to the father ahead of getting married or whatever they were doing and she uh-huh. needs one dollar to get the marriage license and uh-huh. okay we'll go dutch and uh yes yeah, very cute yes. yeah yeah really yeah really sweet yeah they yeah just the whole i don't know i i love that movie so much and it's yeah, yeah. And even even the race scene too is just it's so like again like properly intense and then you know mm-hmm. the, the the last lap and a half of the like i noticed it was it was literally just one one shot like there were no edits in it so there it it was it was just so well so well done and you know obviously they had that a little conflict like i don't think looking like doing some research like i don't think it was super accurate like the you know the townies versus the 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 Mm -hmm. students was not really you know a thing um but you know they had to add some conflict and so i think that was also like still really well done without it being like heavy-handed either because then yeah yeah one of the funniest things uh i've read when i was researching it was in the movie they call um you know the derogatory term for the small town people is cutters Mm -hmm. because of uh, the limestone cutting and the the trade of indiana and this this small town but in real life they were actually called stonies and they didn't want in 1979 to use the word stonies because they thought oh no the stony kids like people would assume they were stoners essentially so they had to make up cutters which which i thought was really funny yeah 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 it's a great movie so what we're saying is trust us i mean we spoiled some stuff but it's still gonna you know win your heart did you really think they were gonna lose the race i mean if you're if you're listening to this come on you guys but check it out it's brilliant all right so we'll move on if you went to elementary or middle school in the american midwest in the late 80s the early 90s and your male teacher at least in my experience usually the math teachers the science the history was having a day where they just didn't feel like doing anything you could tell maybe stuff happened at home or they just you know maybe were hung over or whatever was going on what we did is you watched hoosiers it's an excellent 1986 film and we would watch it on vhs you know they would bring in the cart with the blinking 12 o'clock at you the whole time and they would get so choked up that they would need to leave the room for a minute 
but you could never bring that up again because, oh my God, people did. And uh, yeah, the math teacher was not having it. But essentially, it's the blueprint for all future underdog team sports movies, I think, Hoosiers, at least where team sports or stories involving a charismatic coach are involved. The film was written by Angelo Pizzo and directed by David Anspaugh in his feature filmmaking debut, chronicling a small town Indiana high school basketball team in the 1950s that goes all the way to the state championship thanks to the new big city coach who's down on his luck who's played by gene hackman the movie co-stars barbara hershey and dennis hopper and is also notable for its terrific jerry goldsmith score it earned some oscar nominations dennis hopper jerry goldsmith it's a movie that pretty much everyone loves but how about you do you remember when you first saw hoosiers and you know, you weren't in Indiana as a kid, but you were kind of adjacent to that area. Did you guys watch Hoosiers a lot in your school? Yeah, no, like I didn't watch it in school, but like that, that, that description, I feel like when I was looking at Letterboxd reviews for the film, like everybody's yeah. like, yeah, I watched this in like high school and the teacher, know. You know, teacher didn't care. And so it is one of those movies that like totally fits that yes. description. Um, I remember watching, like watching it with my family like it was on TV or something and we put it on. And like, I remember like seeing parts of it, but not Mm -hmm. like, I don't remember. I didn't remember it from start to finish. I don't think I saw it start to finish until like earlier this year, to be honest. Like I just remembered, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you're, you're in, you're in a place or whatever. And if you're like, I mean, I'm not from Indiana, but I've lived here eight years like cumulatively. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, not ever, not everybody in Indiana has seen Hoosiers. Not everybody in Indiana has seen Breaking Away. Like it's just, it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's like you know going to New York City and saying like you know, it, in New Yorker probably hasn't been to the Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. kind of like kind of like that. And so, yeah. So I had seen. So I remember parts of it from watching it before, but um, yeah, there was just so. But yeah, it wasn't part of my like culture i guess really gotcha yeah but yeah but then but then you go to indiana and it's like high yeah high school basketball is a thing and it is and, yes and it's you know uh, really unlike anywhere else i've lived and so mm-hmm. you know and i mean sports in general indiana is just such a sport a sporty a sporty state and, and you know indianapolis specifically as a city as well is very sporty and you know all that so it's yeah it's 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 kind of wild but like watching the movie it all kind of like made it made sense just like from what I've experienced kind of you know I I I consider my like I'm I consider myself a Hoosier like sure um but I do kind of also have that outside perspective as well um yeah yeah it it reminded me uh back in minnesota our big thing was uh well we did have the high school basketball tournaments like they were huge to the point Mm -hmm. of they were on television and you would watch you know the double a and the small you would watch all the different divisions but what we kind of lived and breathed um and i say we royally i was more of a basketball person but was hockey every single winter they would have the hockey tournaments and you'd watch and you'd get so Mm. like I hate that school and you know these are high schoolers but people Mm. would get really involved like they didn't like uh 
maybe it was back home, it was the Edina uh, team because they were the money people or, you know, you would have these uh, different rivalries that were really kind of silly. And so watching Hoosiers, I was thinking about that. And then also just how the parents and the outside people think that they know more than the coach. Yeah. That's basically a thing. I mean, you see that on any like little league event mm-hmm. anywhere. Like I'm sure if you have siblings or you just your friends, you know, when they bring their kid to T-ball or little league and you have that one dad who's like the expert or thinks mm-hmm. he is and is yelling at the coach and you just feel bad for the coach. And so that whole sequence when they're um, voting whether or not they want to remove Gene Hackman, I thought oh. seemed <laughs> really good. Gene Hackman is one of those people who was kind of like an old reliable growing mm-hmm. up. Like I liked him. I thought he was great, but he's sort of, you know, like architecture and just yeah. somebody who was there and he did his job and he wasn't as flashy or he didn't have like the Tom Cruise thing. Mm-hmm. But growing up, now that I'm older, I kind of think he's one of maybe our five best actors of the last, you know, 40, 50 years for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another uh, indicator as to why I think. Yeah, I love him in this movie. And I think I think this is probably I'm trying I was trying to go back to like what Gene Hackman movies I've seen in my life, but I feel like this yeah. is probably like my introduction to him. Gotcha. Uh, sure. From, like well, I guess going back to when I first saw the movie, which you know, I was probably like middle school or high school, but um but yeah, he's yeah, he's so great in it. I love like I don't know, he just also just look like he's perfectly cast also just cuz like he looks like every like middle-aged man in the Midwest as well. So he, he really does. Just, like, has he d- that yep. every man. He's like your neighbor, he's your uncle. I mean, Gene Hackman yeah. is yeah, look in your photo album, you got like 12 Gene Hackman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah, he is yeah, he is so great in this movie. Um I think I've been I think the last year or so for some reason I've also just been on this like Gene Hackman kick yeah. and just like watching all this stuff but yeah he's like mm-hmm. so good in everything um I think he just he, he makes it look easy and I that's think that's what I think it is that's yep. yeah but yeah. obviously he's you know doing the work so yeah he's yeah. a character actor he mm-hmm. you hire him he's gonna play the part he's not gonna you know maybe flip tables over or try to chew a bunch of scenery because he knows he doesn't have to he's just embodying these people and he always puts integrity into every character i mean they say an actor has to like who they're playing even just like a little or has to be able to relate to them Mm -hmm. and uh, you can see that the human element of any gene hackman character and i feel like his character here ebert kind of summed it up really well he said he's like both simple and complex or something Mm -hmm. like that which is very true because he has this dark history you find out he was a coach at Ithaca and he in the heat of the moment like punched a kid who was Mm -hmm. his favorite kid on the team and that kind of you know ended his career and scarred him for life and this is his big second chance you have a second chance story you have an underdog got a lot of different things going on um yeah he's Mm -hmm. phenomenal I also love Dennis Hopper in this movie because this was kind of the the renaissance of the Hopper essentially yeah. <laughs> got uh nominated again you had him in his 70s wild man era essentially and then mm-hmm. yeah he started to come back a little bit he had some personal stuff but he is so great here and you can kind of see him playing this this father who's an alcoholic who loves his child and he, he wants mm-hmm. to be there and he also just loves the sport of basketball i thought it was good that he was very knowledgeable 
um, but you see the conflict and you can kind of guess that it must have hit him on a personal level so hopper's great yeah mm-hmm. yeah his i think the scenes with him and david niedorf oh, i hope i'm pronouncing that right um, yes playing his son everett like those are my favorite scenes in exactly. this movie mm-hmm. and they're just so well done and yeah like like david niedorf's performance is perfect as well as the so son. good and, in this film oh my yeah, god just, you know that you know he wants to be proud of his dad and he you know there's that's and but he also like you know he's an alcoholic as well and so he's a realist yeah and so it is just like you know there is there yeah there's those scenes where he just has i think i think it is the scene where like you know dennis hopper has to take over as assistant coach and like yes, has to like run and the freaks play out and, yeah yeah and freaks out and like the first yeah first time he freaks out and then he like does like they and then the second time they like they run the play and that you know they win the game or whatever and yeah. so but like he, there's like you know i think there's like a close-up you see you know his the son's face and he you know you can see that like look of you know like like this you is, know, pride yeah. for his dad and so it was just yeah it's yes. so moving it's mm-hmm. like this is who my dad really is beneath all of that and you can just see the heartbreak. Like at first he's, you know, telling Gene Hackman, he's being realistic. Like he's an alcoholic. Why are you doing this? And um, it's just, I think good to, again, you have a second chance element mm-hmm. uh, going on. Of course, the scene in the gym when Hopper gets really uh, stressed out and shows up drunk at the game mm-hmm. is just one of the most devastating talk about really good underplaying and reactions in Needorf. I mean, a young actor being able to show all these different sides, I think, is is really really impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think that was his first his first movie too. So wow. that was yeah. I was honestly shocked when I saw that um, that this was his first movie. So um, yeah, just yeah that whole that whole element I think is just my is the the strongest part of the film to me. At least I agree. Yeah. I think uh, Barbara Hershey is also a really nice presence in the film. Mm. Usually a love interest is kind of an afterthought. And you can kind of see that a little bit. Like she's a supporting part of the story. And some Mm. of her scenes do seem kind of like they feel a little bit of an afterthought. But she makes you really believe who she is. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people growing up uh, in the Midwest um, can, can kind of relate to that woman who you know, maybe she tried, she went to college, she tried to be in the big city or she tried some things and they didn't work out. And then she came back home or mm-hmm. she is there for her family and just, um, but she wants so much for her students, uh, mm-hmm. especially the, the main, the best basketball player. Yeah. Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Jimmy yes. <laughs> she wants him to get out and see the world kind of like the Barbara Berry uh, character in breaking away. And I think mm-hmm. maybe that is sort of a, a female uh, through line that goes through these movies a little bit mm-hmm. and I also just love the nice love story between her and Gene Hackman which yeah. feels very cool to see a middle-aged love story usually we would if this yeah. was a Disney movie I think it would focus more on we'd have a young cheerleader or some girl that one of the ball players uh was, yeah. was following around yeah Mm-hmm. yeah I, I love yeah her character too and i think yeah one of the key like that key scene i think it's when she's yeah she's telling gene hackman like kind of going back to what you were saying about um jimmy and how she didn't want him to be like to look back on his life and think like you know high school was like his peak you know basically yeah. basically like you know yeah. 
like that basketball was his only thing and then he would just be like a you know sad washed up person only thinking about the glory days of playing high school basketball and yeah you know like it is i i like it too that she is like she is like the quote like air quotes love interest but it is like she had there's more depth to her in that way of like yeah. you know showing like her reasons why she's kind of reacting to gene hackman like you know what's this guy about like why is he why is he here you know but then she kind of like you know comes around to support and you know she's the one that's kind of like when they're having the the town meeting which i yeah. think is so ridiculous that like the town cares <laughs> this much about like, the basketball i know team. like that's but, the biggest thing in life yes yeah but you <laughs> know it's, basketball it's, coach yes yeah so i don't i don't know how i don't think that was even uh, that that did not happen in real life but mm-hmm. um but yeah but that scene yeah she comes she comes around and she's the one that's kind of like you know we should you know this is his past we should give him a chance and then yep you know, and then, and then, you know, when Jimmy kind of steps in and uh, that, I think that whole thing too, I think, cause like she appreciated that Gene Hackman didn't like push him to be on the team at all. It's just kind of like, okay, no. like you don't want to be on the team. And so then Jimmy shows up on his own accord to be like, I'm not going to play if, co- if, uh, if coach gets kicked out. And so, you yeah. know, that's, so. but again, yeah. it's, it's just kind of funny how, like, I think it is true to life kind of going back to what you were saying about you know how like parents and you know people who like they want to like feel like part of something and so like I think you know like the star player everybody's like the star player and it's it's just that whole dynamic in this film I think it is like there are elements of that that are pretty true where it's like people are like so dedicated to something and they want to you know see it succeed and yeah you know, people they're have pinning their all their hopes they're they're yeah. kind of the living embodiment of what barbara hershey's character doesn't want for jimmy a little bit mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorite scenes in the movie is actually the first one between him and the hackman character when he goes and he watches him shoot hoops and he's making yeah. every single basket during that entire thing Mm-hmm. Uh, except when Hackman, I think he figures he knows what's coming, that he's going to come and be like, come back to the team. And Hackman mm-hmm. just is like, you can come if you want. It's your gift. You can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, you know, beg. And it's after he turns around and starts walking towards the camera, he shoots the ball again and he misses for the first time. And I think it's just showing you that this guy took him by surprise and it's just such yeah. a good little moment i think uh-huh. yeah I, I love that scene too yeah yeah it's such a good film um this one i think also has that warm sort of midwestern nostalgic glow uh-huh. uh, the cinematography is beautiful you get yes. all of the you know leaves and the fall colors it's uh-huh. a perfect movie for fall like yeah. watching it in the the heat of phoenix it was making me nostalgic <laughs> for i mean i'd say back in minnesota my favorite time of year was always fall because of the colors yeah. of the leaves and you know you can start wearing sweaters again and there's pumpkins and making warmer more um, wholesome nourishing dinners because mm-hmm. when it's really hot you you don't really want you know that and yeah. so watching it was making me very anticipate anticipatory for october and uh mm-hmm. yeah so i think this is a perfect movie to watch in the fall for sure mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah the cinematography i mean they they filmed it around indiana like all or all over indiana and a bunch of different small towns in indianapolis but yeah the beginning scene 
where yeah. it's you know him driving and the, yes. the, the sunrise like indiana sunrises look just like that and i mean they filmed it in indiana so like they actually captured one but it, they do look like that um especially yeah, like especially in the like going down the country roads and mm-hmm. you know out out in the cornfields and such and um but yeah they do look like that and yeah it just yeah it does it is a very cozy fall movie um it is. with the, those warm tones but yeah it is yeah i love that they filmed it in indiana they weren't like pulling a stranger thing and filmed it in georgia you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing so. having a place double for it yeah yeah and toronto doubling for new york or something like that yes yeah so yeah so it and i right there were yeah it's just you recognize it because i mean a, a lot there's just a lot that you recognize even if you haven't been to like that particular small town like it just it just feels very familiar um mm-hmm. with everything and you can still go so like all a lot of the places that they filmed are you know kind of still around and you know like that's nice like, so like the 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 hoosier gym in knightstown uh indiana which i think is also where the indiana high school basketball hall of fame is um oh, but so yeah cool. the gym is there like where they're like the the hickory gym um, hickory hickory is not Ooh. a real place but um but the gym like it's still there like I, it's felt so it's like 45 minutes from east indianapolis um mm-hmm. driving so i haven't been yet but um because it is like oh, they still use it for it looks just like it does in the movie based on oh, pictures that's incredible seen. but so i'm pro- like i was, was gonna try to go before recording this podcast but um didn't work out so i do want to like make a trip out there at some point to, yeah to see that, but, you should go when the yeah. when the fall leaves change so you're like yes, driving oh. into hoosiers and you know, you're going to have a lot of company. People listening to this podcast are now yes. going to be joining you, Julia. Yes. So it'll be a whole experience. A yes. little, little pilgrimage to, yes. <laughs> to the Everyone, yes. let's go to Indiana. Yes, yes. road trip. <laughs> yes, big time. Well, our last film reunites much of that Hoosiers team we were talking about. Once, once again, you have writer Angelo Pizzo, you have director David Anspa, and composer Jerry Goldsmith this time coming together for the inspiring 1993 film Rudy, starring Sean Astin as the lovably, endlessly optimistic title character Daniel Eugene or Rudy Rudiger, who growing up in small 1960s Joliet, Illinois, dreams of one day playing football at Notre Dame in neighboring Indiana, despite others admonishing him. After the death of his best friend and his biggest supporter, Rudy decides to put his plans into action, traveling to the school and beginning community college at nearby Holy Cross in order to eventually make it into Notre Dame as a transfer student. A sweetly earnest, hopeful film about the importance of kindness and empathy towards your fellow man. Rudy, which co-stars John Favreau, Lily Taylor, Charles S. Dutton, Ned Beatty, Robert Prosky and more feels sincere and true versus artificially saccharine in its handling of true events filtered through a Hollywood lens. I think that's a delicate balance that they have to try to strike, but they pull it off beautifully. So what is your take on Rudy? Yeah, like I was, I said, I mentioned earlier that this, of the three of these, this is the first one that I saw. I was pretty young. I would say like, you know, elementary school age, um, still didn't like, you know quite know what was going on <laughs> I like saw it when I was older saw it when I was older and then yeah it is one of those movies I think like 100% like like Hoosiers like makes grown men cry like you know yeah just absolutely yeah that, that like like you know 
that like that's the movie like you put on and like any like grown man's gonna cry i mean i i cried at least like three times during that movie like <laughs> and, you know and it's it's just so yeah i i don't know it's yeah it, it, again it's another it, it's just so funny how like it's the same team that did hoosiers yes. like the same director same writer same composer like just like yeah they have it down to a science but yeah it doesn't feel too static i mean you know yeah. what's going to happen you know eventually mm-hmm. he's going to get in play mm-hmm. it or, or be a part of the team i mean you know the notes it's going to hit but the way they hit them and uh just the integrity again that they're giving everyone i think is mm-hmm. makes it stand out yeah it's yeah it's it's one of those two where it's like it, it that movie it's like everybody kind of knows it or you know at least like yep. i think the ending is just like so famous that like people so know nice. like people just know it even if you may you may or may not have seen the movie but you kind of know mm-hmm. know it from that and then yeah kind of watching the journey to get there like again rewatching this film you kind of watch that journey to get there and it's you know it, it makes it all the more like you know inspiring at the end i guess i don't know if that's the right word to say but no um, it's true yeah we're kind of like going on this journey with him like it you know it takes like the first half of the movie is him just getting into notre dame (laughs) it's like so but you feel that frustration that he's feeling too it's like he's doing like putting all this hard work in and it's it's very like it's a wonderful life in a way because like you know he works he instead of going to college right away he goes to the, the work at the steel mill and then yes it's four years later and then he's like still trying to get into Notre Dame and then he, you know, he goes to the the junior college and tries to get in and then he like it's just literally that montage of him like a lot of montages in this movie too it's like all those it you know, is yeah him, him that was kind of the post rocky thing like i always yeah. joke when people talk about rocky like you have the training montage but if you've seen rocky four it's all montage yeah, yeah. essentially <laughs> but you know there's a lot of montages here but you need it because of what yeah. he has to go through yeah 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 it's it's so good i I love um there are some surprises though that come out of left mm-hmm. field in this one like it opens and you see him with the Lily Taylor character and you think you know it's going to be his girl Friday or you know the woman that he's with and by the uh-huh. end of the movie again spoiler um she's with one of his brothers and so mm-hmm. there are some surprises in that respect you can maybe see a little bit of telegraphing of um the relationships with his father a little bit but it still Mm -hmm. just really hits you i like all of the mentors the use of mentors like we Mm -hmm. don't have just one gene hackman or a dennis hopper in this movie you have several you have like charles s dutton you have the father uh you have um you know i mean the whole uh, the the Mm priests you have all of these different people you also have i love the john favreau character who's this clumsy guy but he takes him under his wing academically and helps him out but he Mm. wants in exchange for meeting some women yeah Uh, (laughs) and that takes a turn too because you're assuming one of these babes he's going to get to like you know go out with Favreau as a favor or because he's very charming the main Rudy character and Mm -hmm. he gets a woman who is very cute but somebody Mm. that maybe Favreau wouldn't have thought about initially who becomes the love of his life yeah Mm -hmm. I love that Yeah, I love I love that element too, and I had forgotten about that. Yes. <laughs> like watch and then watching, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, first it, it, it was kind of like cringe at first, but then like once it you know later you see that like like 
like later in the film it kind of makes up for it but if that first scene where you kind of like are introduced to her where it's like he thinks that this yeah. other girl is asking him out and then it's yeah, like the you know, 10 or whatever a yeah, guy the, would say about yeah the, yeah the one who looks like she just came from a shoot at cosmo essentially and then yeah. um, this girl with the glasses who he might not have uh looked at twice or something and that's the one he winds up loving which i thought was was really kind of sweet this is the movie where uh john favreau and vince vaughn actually met making it even though i don't even know if they share scenes but they just got along like a house on fire essentially and so uh this is the movie that led us to swingers and made and their dynamic so yeah 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 Yeah, that's a good talent Mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah i love and also just like like sean astin is so good he in this, is. this yes. as well like i i yeah i don't know like what to say it's just like yeah he's so charming he just, so charming so like it, it's just like he also brings like it's pretty it, it doesn't like it, it's realistic again like he he doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you know like G like, oh, Wally, yeah. G G Willikers, like yes. I'm gonna get into Notre Dame, like you yeah, know, it's not you can... leave it to Beaver. Yeah, yeah, there are frustrations and um yeah, and I like yeah. that you kind of compared it to It's a Wonderful Life. There is sort of a Jimmy Stewart element, but you do have mm-hmm. that with Sean Astin where he's playing another phrase we keep talking about, or these characters feel very real, very three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, you see that here. Yeah, and like I love the Charles S. Dutton character um, so good. as well. Like so good because he adds also that kind of realism to it, and it's you know kind of gives Rudy the wake up calls that he needs really yeah. with you know just everything. And yeah, the, those scenes with him are so great. You know, especially that pivotal one where Rudy, you know, like spoiler alert, decides to you know like he's going to give up, and then he's yeah. like, you know, this like what are you doing like yeah this, this but, was your whole thing yeah mm-hmm. but he's also but it's also in a way like he basically gives him the tough love talk he's not like trying to like make mm-hmm. him like make you know he's not making him go back he's just like this is how i feel like this is my thought this is my experience like you know he's kind of the barbara barry i guess a little bit here yeah or uh, giving him a little bit of a reality check a little mm-hmm. bit like this is your time. You're here. You're, this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when you have a man on a quest, uh, man on a quest, and he doesn't maybe have a ton of people to interact with, but he goes on this journey alone. You need all these other figures. It's very mm-hmm. hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. But all of these mentors are different from each other. And I, yeah. I did appreciate that. They kind of voice different aspects of sort of an internal monologue he might have um but you know how do you show an internal monologue give him somebody to talk to on screen yeah and yeah in contrast to that like my rewatching this i had not realized or forgotten or what that like his family are just like such jerks they really <laughs> are they're yeah. terrible to him they're, i mean i think uh, in, the, in real life that was not true to real life but you know they had had yeah. some conflict in there but but yeah, just like his older brother and the father just being like, I mean, it's, it is also kind of, I think what also kind of endears this movie to people too, is like people can relate to people like trying to like, you know, crush, crush your dreams, dreams essentially, mm-hmm. or like people who like maybe had dreams for themselves once and then they didn't follow them. And so they're kind of, you know, projecting onto, you know, the person that has the dream that's like, Daniel you know, Stern you can't, again. yeah, like you can't do this, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. like you're, you're too short, you're too, whatever, like you can't yeah. do this. And it's just kind of like them, you know, sour yeah. grapes. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. thinking like they, they didn't pursue their own dream. And so they're like, you know, mad about it. And so they, you know, projected onto them. So I mean, that was definitely really well done, but I, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. His family are just like such jerks and he's basically like, bye, see ya. Like, you know, so. Yeah. It shows the importance of if you don't have that in your home life, like the Daniel mm-hmm. Stern character and breaking away, he gets that from his friends and maybe their mm-hmm. family. And in this case, Rudy doesn't have that at home as well. They're kind of like, what are you doing? You know, come Mm -hmm. work at the um, work with us, essentially, and don't try Mm -hmm. to pursue your dreams. They don't work. Um, But he needs that. And he finds these father figures or these mentors in other people. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, you've as you, you can't choose your family, essentially. I mean, yeah. you're very lucky. You have great family. You might have bad family, different, different people and different families. Of course, you're not going to possibly get along with all of them. But then as you get older, you choose your family, your friends, and mm-hmm. the people that, um, you know, add value to your life, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what makes the like the the whole like the, the scene at the end, like so powerful, like just like everything from like, even the other players like who you know in the movie they're first they're like you know what's you know he's basically just like a tackling dummy to them and then they kind of you know they kind of become come they come around a little bit and then like even just like in the stands I mean yeah his like terrible family comes and then to the game but um and then you know his you know John Favreau's character and the uh, his girlfriend show up and yeah, just everybody like there for the game to see it happen and like them cheering him on. Like that's kind of what makes that scene super work in that way too. Just being, you know, super powerful. And yeah, that's again, like a lot of that, you know, again, very loosely based on a true yes, story. Yeah. But, he wasn't but, literally carried off the field. This is one of yeah. those movies though. Um, I think it was the only the second one after the Newt Rockney film in like 1940 that, Notre Dame actually allowed uh, to be filmed on the Notre Dame campus. Oh, so it was pretty, yeah. pretty well respected by Notre Dame, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, it makes them look good. <laughs> it's yes. what it is. Like it is. I mean, it is like, so I went to the campus for the first time summer 2020. Yeah. Okay. Like I went for like, I went up to the Indiana Dunes for weekend and it's kind of, you know, South Bend was like 45 minutes away. So I was like, Oh, I, you know, got to do it. Um, cause I'd never, yeah, never been to the campus and, you know, oh, as a I'd kid growing up, like yeah, Notre yeah. Dame was like, you know, was, you know, going back to the first grade, that was the thing. Um, and so, yeah, even though I didn't go to go there for college, went to visit the campus. Um, it's beautiful. Like it looks just like that in the movie. I recognize, you know, some of this, this places where I walked around, you know, like the, you know, like the grotto where, you know, where he's praying and then the, um, you know, the, the, the church on campus and then the, or I guess, I guess it's a cathedral, the cathedral on campus and then like touchdown Jesus. And um, something I didn't realize even all the years of like watching games on TV, you don't like, I never realized personally, and this is probably me being dumb, but like, I didn't realize the football stadium is on campus. It's literally, it's not like a mile away. Like a lot of colleges are it's on campus. Like it's like literally like touchdown. Jesus is like, the library I, I think it's I think it's the library or like near the library I don't know but like that that giant you know uh what's like the art art you know on the face of the building and then that's facing where the stadium is and like the tunnel like 
that tunnel where Rudy first goes into the stadium that's facing like op- just opposite that building. And it's literally on campus. <laughs> like that's so cool. It's so it's so it kind of, you know, Notre Dame football, it's just it's such an institution and that makes yeah. s- so much sense. And um, but yeah, but that camp, yeah, the campus is beautiful. Like it's, you know, I, I went in the summer and it, you know, it's beautiful there. I'd love to see it in the fall. And, you know, yeah. there, I did have an opportunity to go to a game. I should I didn't go. That was one, one mistake, but um, hopefully I'll get to go to a game there at some point. Cause it is, kind yeah. of, you know, what it's, we're it's saying a thing. is if you have an extra ticket, invite Julia. Yeah. Yes, please. As long as you're cool. I mean, I'm not letting her go with, yeah. with anyone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> cool person with a ticket. Yeah. Hit us up on our um, Indiana tour, essentially, of all the locations that we're talking about. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to ask if there are any other movies you would like to recommend those listening to seek out, whether that's more Indiana sports movies, Indiana movies, or just sports movies in general. Wow, that's I gotta think for a second. Uh, I feel like these this is like the holy like these three are like the holy trinity of Indiana sports. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, if you haven't a seen bunch them, of times, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen them, I recommend them. Like you know, I think as as I've grown older, I feel like I'm definitely a more cynical person in some ways, and so like some of these movies don't like like Rudy especially didn't hit me at like there were some parts of it where I was like wow am I cynical now like am I like you know <laughs> you know it might you know but it did you know they will like at least mine they like melted my cold dead heart like <laughs> but but uh, but yeah I would I would say like if you haven't seen them totally recommend all three of these like i think breaking away is my favorite of the three upon this most recent rewatch and then i agree um, with you yeah so i think that one's probably my favorite so if you want to start with one i would say start with breaking away yes well this was so great i can't wait to have you back again with one of your other fabulous ideas because you always come up with such good ones i think from the, the programming and just your taste in general and it's always just such a joy to talk movies with you, Julia. So thank oh, you for doing this. Thanks, Jen. It's such a joy to be here. Thanks for hosting an awesome podcast. Oh, you're too kind. I also want to thank everyone for listening, especially my patrons who support the show and help fund my research equipment, film rentals, RSS fees, and more for as little as a dollar per month at the Film Intuition Patreon, which is the home base for the show. Other ways you can support the podcast are by sharing, reviewing, and subscribing to Watch with Jen wherever you get your podcasts, and also checking out the cool merch store hosted and created by our talented logo designer, Kate Gabrielle. You can find the merchandise store, including shirts, tote bags, stickers, and more by visiting filmintuition.com and clicking on the shop link. The show's theme music is solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw and is available in the free music archive. You can also reach me or interact with Watch With Jen anytime on Twitter, either at Film Intuition or our Watch With Jen account as well. Well, until next time, please take care and happy movie watching. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com and FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen.